Round 12 of the 2023 F1 World Championships, and we find ourselves in Hungary, home of the picturesque Hungara Ring. This week, we have the final installment of Upgrades for McLaren, a record-setting pole sitter, and tension as rivals go head-to-head. I'm Victoria Scanlon, and this is Anver Racing. Hungary is a landlocked country in Central Europe with an origin story dating back to the 9th century. According to a 2021 World Bank stat, there are 9.7 million people living in the country of Hungary, and the country is divided by the Danube River, Europe's second largest river, stretching a total of 2,850 kilometers. Hungarians love their public spas. They've been soaking in these natural hot springs for centuries. And according to TradeEconomics.com, Hungary does 79% of its trade with European countries. Its largest exports, including machinery, transport equipment, consumer goods, and agricultural products. Let's learn about the track history. The first GP held here on August 10th in 1986. Nelson Piquet taking the inaugural victory here. The track was built in eight months and then rebuilt twice afterwards, first in 1989 and then again in 2003. The track follows the natural rise and fall of the valley it sits in. It is a high downforce circuit with a traditional feel and has some of the biggest elevation change on the calendar. And this weekend, we found out the Hungarian GP has extended its contract with F1 until 2032. What's in the headlines this week? First off, we are going to talk about Red Bull upgrades. Now, They were very tight-lipped about what these upgrades were. We knew it was upgrades to do with the side pods, but beyond that, didn't hear a whole lot. The one thing we did hear was Red Bull boasting that these upgrades could shave as much as two-tenths of a second off their lap times. In other news, the Formula One and FIA are currently assessing submissions for new teams to join the sport. The way that the system is set up leaves current teams out of the decision-making process, which teams aren't happy with. In other sports leagues, like the major U.S. sports leagues, new teams require the approval of current teams before they are allowed to join. Known candidates vying for a spot in F1 include Andretti, an Indianapolis-based motorsport team, and Hitech, a British formula racing team. F1 teams have reported that they are feeling the financial terms in order for new entry under the current agreement doesn't reflect the growth that the sport has seen since the agreement was made in 2020. If you are so lucky as to be at the Hungara Ring this weekend and you purchased weekend tickets, you're in for a special presentation. On Thursday, the FIA Safety and Medical Cars will be performing a high-speed track test at 2 p.m., which spectators can view from the Super Gold Grandstand. Furthermore, because tickets were limited, fans will also have the opportunity to walk through the paddock. So maybe, just maybe you'll have a chance to spot one of your favorite drivers or team principals. The team principals are also pretty popular, I'd say. 
Changes to qualifying this weekend. New this weekend, teams will have an allocated tire designation for each stage of qualifying. So in Q1, teams will be required to use the hard compound tire. In Q2, the medium. And in Q3, if you're so lucky to make it there, the soft. Teams will have 11 set of tires available to them this weekend instead of the usual 13. And this is an effort to enhance sustainability. These qualifying changes will also be tested later this season in Monza. And our last highlight, Daniel Ricciardo is back. That's right. The Aussie driver is back in the cockpit this weekend, racing for his new team, AlphaTauri. It's been 10 years since the 34-year-old driver drove with the team. He'll be alongside Japanese teammate Yuki Tsunoda. Track stats. We know the Hungara Ring, a 4.83 kilometer circuit. Total distance traveled over the Grand Prix, approximately 306 kilometers. It's 70 laps, 14 turns, and one DRS zone. As I mentioned, one of the biggest elevation changes on the calendar, 34.7 meters of change. Top speeds of 315 kph. Fastest lap record here set by Lewis Hamilton in 2020 with a 116.62. Last year, we had Max Verstappen at the top of the podium and it's no one's home race. FP1, we're off to a great start. Just three minutes in and Perez brings out the red flag. He goes whoop into the wall. That's not where you're supposed to go, Perez. He clipped the grass with his rear left tire and that went him spinning out of control. Science carrying on with a beached whale scenario. He's stuck with his rear tires up on the grass and his front tires on the circuit, but there's some curbing in the way, and he is stuck. So the marshals come out, give him a little push, and he gets back out and running. At the end of FP1, Russell sets the time to beat a 139.6. However, this was with the inters in a little bit of rain. Later that day, FP2, we're back out on track about 20 minutes in, and it's a 1-2 for Williams on the timesheet. Nice, 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 carrying through the good result we saw last weekend. We close out FP2 with Leclerc sitting on top with a 117.68. This was a dry track. It's qualifying Saturday, but first we've got FP3, and it is looking as beautiful as ever out there. Sunny and warm, great conditions for some racing. Nothing to report in FP3. Things are running smoothly, but I am keeping my fingers crossed for qualifying. I'm keeping my fingers crossed for Perez in particular, hoping he can make it to Q3. It's been five races. And with Daniel Ricciardo coming back into F1, there's a little bit of pressure there for Perez to step up. I'm also a little bit unsure of how this is going to go. I'm looking forward to see how the new tire allocation specs will have a play on qualifying. Don't count on anything because anything can happen here. Qualifying, we have the soft C5, medium C4, and hard C3. Let's kick off Q1 with the hard C3. 
Mercedes and Williams waiting a little bit here to leave the pits, hoping to maybe not hit as much traffic when they go in for a flying lap. Track limits being called for K-Mig, Piastri, Albon, Sargent, and Joe. I feel like it's Austria all over again. Five minutes to go, and we've got Leclerc, Stroll, Hulkenberg, Sargent, and Magnussen sitting in the drop zone. Then out of nowhere, George Russell sliding further and further down the timesheet as people put in their last flying lap. He is down and out in 18th, and everyone in the garage looks gobsmacked. That has got to hurt. Right now, they are fighting for second against Aston Martin in the constructor standings, so they need a good qualifying result here, and it did not come through. Russell has got his work cut out for him tomorrow. Also leaving us in Q1, we say goodbye to Albon, Sunoda, Magnussen, and Sargent. Q2, we've got the medium C4 tire on and track limits continuing to be called, this time for Verstappen and Stroll. Five minutes to go and McLaren are 1-2. They have got to be feeling good over there on the pit wall. This is their final round of that three-race upgrade package rollout and it is looking strong. Leaving us at the end of Q2, taking their place from 15th to 11th on the grid, we have Gasly, Stroll, Ricardo, Ocon, and Sainz. Q3, and we are on the soft tire, the soft C5. One word and one word only. Lewis! I literally screamed it as he crossed the line and shot himself into pole position for Sunday's Grand Prix, I could not believe. The crowd erupted in an ear-deafening roar. I could feel myself welling up with tears. It was so exciting and so thrilling. Lewis Hamilton has not been on pole since 2021. This makes it his 104th career pole and counting. Let's go, Lewis. Come on. Your time is not behind you. The best is yet to come. Here is a look at our starting grid for Sunday's race. On pole, we have Sir Lewis Hamilton right next to him, qualifying just three thousandths of a second behind his arch nemesis and his rival, Max Verstappen. In third, we have Lando Norris sitting right beside him, P4, teammate Oscar Piastri. Best qualifying of the season for Joe in P5, Leclerc in P6, and Bottas in P7. Fernando Alonso, P8, Perez, P9, and Hulkenberg rounding it out in P10. Back half of the grid, we have Carlos Sainz, P11, Esteban Ocon, P12, Daniel Ricciardo, P13, Lance Stroll in P14, Gasly, P15, Albon, P16, Sunoda, P17, Russell, P18, Magnussen, P19, and Sargent at the back in P20. Here are my thoughts post-qualifying. First, the Verstappen and Hamilton rivalry is still alive and it is very real. This narrative 
of the battle between the two of them, which kind of had fizzled out, is very much still alive. It is here. You can feel it. There is animosity between the two of them, particularly, I feel, coming from Verstappen. And this has totally written a whole new script for tomorrow's Grand Prix. Second thing, Ricardo, on his first race back after practically half a season off, out-qualified his teammate. What? What? Yeah, that's gotta feel bad. Okay, yes, Daniel has more experience as a driver in F1 than Yuki, but Daniel has not been in this car until, like, now. So this is a great result for Ricardo. I know he would have liked to made it into Q3, and he just missed out, but this is pretty solid for him. I think he's feeling confident. Russell. Oh, gosh. George Russell. Way down there in P18. I don't know what happened. He's got his work cut out for him. He needs to hustle tomorrow because, like I said, it's a battle for Mercedes and Aston Martin to keep that second spot in the constructors. He has got to get into the points tomorrow. This will be a test of not only his capability as a driver, but the team as a whole with their strategy and communication. Tomorrow's race is going to be a mega fight to win. You've got Verstappen and Hamilton on the front row. Right behind them, the two newly proven fast McLarens. Time for my podium prediction. So, I am predicting a Verstappen win. Let's get real. Hamilton's not going to win. And that's okay. That's okay. He had a great day on Saturday. He made it to pole. He had his moment. Verstappen will win. I am, however, predicting a Hamilton second and a Norris third. I'm going for a very original Silverstone podium for my podium prediction in Hungary. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I know the McLarens are looking good, and I have a good feeling that Lando will be able to stay up there in podium contention. Um, Where? I'm putting him P3. We'll see, though. As I always say, anything can happen. Pre-race. It is a beautiful day. Air temp, 28 degrees Celsius. Track temp in the 50s. It is hot, hot, hot. I bet you could fry an egg on that track. Sold out weekend, 303,000 attendees over the three days. Let's get to the race. It's a green flag at the back of the grid. Lights out and we are racing in Hungary. Right away, there is a kerfuffle at the front of the grid. It is a push to get off the start first. Verstappen and Hamilton close, nearly neck and neck at the beginning. 
the two McLarens chasing them down. Verstappen ends up pulling through to take the lead. And somehow in the mix, Hamilton gets caught up in all of it. Perhaps he couldn't find the grip. He can't get the position. And the two McLarens slide through, taking P2 and P3. Meanwhile, at the back, there's contact between the two Alpines. And it brings out the yellow flag. In the first two laps, so much movement, tons of movement up and down the grid. Biggest gains going to Yuki Tsunoda up two spots. Biggest losses, Zhou Guan Yu down by 10. The only two drivers to hold on to their grid positions in the first two laps are Norris in P3 and Albon in P16. Let's get to some race highlights. So that yellow flag off the top in lap one ends up being the kiss of death as both Alpines are forced to retire. I do not. (laughs) I would love to be a fly on the wall in that debrief. Oh my gosh, I bet you could cut the tension with a knife after disappointing results last weekend and now this. Oh, okay, like let's hope they get their shit together over the summer break because oh my goodness, it's not looking good for the team, for the drivers. There's a lot at stake here. Money jobs, everything. Back to the race. Lap 5, DRS is enabled. Early pit for Norris, which allows Perez to slide up into P3. Bad news for Leclerc. Lap 18, he goes into the pits. A tire gun failure. Really slow pit for him. Comes out in P11. Yeesh! Later, Piastri called into box box and Perez slides up into second. Lap 24, and here's where the standings are. They are going two by two in teams. Verstappen and Perez taking P1, P2. Behind them, Norris and Piastri. Russell and Hamilton. Sainz and Leclerc. Stroll and Alonso. The weirdest lineup out on track. It's so peculiar that they all ended up in a beautiful lineup behind each other. Approaching the halfway point and both of the McLarens taking turns putting in fastest laps. I think back to the beginning of this season where they were nowhere near the front. In fact, they were close to dead last and now they have turned up. They are in the fight for the podium finishes. Beautiful overtake to mention. Perez overtaking Russell on turn two. Russell fighting back. Then they are side by side, just centimeters from each other on turn three. It absolutely required a replay, and so they gave it to us. It was amazing. Slow down. I can't believe there wasn't contact between the two of them. And a yellow flag, let alone a red flag. That was some tight and exciting racing. Halfway, and here is where we stand. On the podium right now, we have Verstappen in P1, Norris P2, and Piastri holding on in P3. I'd like to point out, 
Perez having so many great little battles today. Close calls, I will say. They were kind of close, a couple of them. Um, but beautiful overtakes of Hamilton, Russell, and really good stuff from him. Definitely stepping up to the plate, I would say. Leclerc doled out a five-second penalty for speeding in the pit lane. This could be... 10 laps to go, Verstappen still sitting on top, Norris in second, and Perez has made his way up to P3 after a very close call in, again, turns two and turn three. Uh, There was some radio chatter, actually. Piastri's engineer came on and said, did he push you off? As if they were going to try to go for a penalty or something. And Piastri responded with, he didn't leave me much space, which is true. But fair is fair. Perez got the spot. Last few laps and Verstappen is turning up the heat. He's going to go for that extra point. He wants that fastest lap. Three laps to go. Hamilton is three seconds behind Perez. Will he be able to make it up? Will he be able to activate that DRS and slide into P2? No. Close, but no cigar. But he does finish on the podium. Here is how we finish the race. We have Verstappen taking the win. Norris making it onto the podium once again, this time in P2. And Perez taking P3. Hamilton, close but not close enough, finishing in fourth. Piastri finishing fifth. Russell making his way into sixth. Leclerc seventh. Science eighth, Alonzo ninth, and Stroll closing out the points in tenth. Back half, we have Albon in eleventh, Bottas finishing twelfth, Daniel Ricardo no movement up or down, finishing in P thirteen, Hulkenberg in fourteenth, Sunoda fifteenth, Joe sixteenth, Magnussen seventeenth, and three DNFs, the two Alpines and Logan Sargent. Here are my thoughts about the race. Ricardo finishing ahead of his teammate. That is a good start to his half season with AlphaTauri. Uh, I was also quite impressed with how quickly things were put together. They are a well-oiled machine over there. Daniel's face and number on the garage. All of the graphics that they use during the race. He's also in the pre-race video now. That was shot quickly. It just feels like Nick DeVries was wiped from the face of F1 and Daniel's this new shiny thing. It feels odd. I feel really bad for Nick. Um, I didn't feel like he got a fair shot. But alas, it's a cutthroat sport. It's a cutthroat world. In other news, 12 consecutive wins for Red Bull. No one has ever done it before. So they are setting records left, right, and center this season. We finish with double points for Red Bull, McLaren, Mercedes, Ferrari, and Aston Martin. And the tires, holy smokes. We got a look at the tires of winner Max Verstappen when he was in Parc Ferme. The marbles that had been glued to the tires, they were totaled. Oh my gosh, I don't know how he made it through the last few laps on those, let alone set the fastest lap. That was gutsy. 
Fastest lap of the race, of course, goes to our race winner with a 120.5. Not a lot of movement in the driver's standings, but of course, we have the addition of Daniel Ricciardo, who takes his place in the 21st spot. Red Bull increasing their lead in the Constructors' Championships. Mercedes also creating a little bit more of a buffer between them and Aston Martin in their fight for second. McLaren getting some nice points as well, taking them to a total of 87. A far cry, though, from Ferrari, who sits one spot ahead of them in fourth with a total of 167 points. Let's rate this race. So much suspense and anticipation going into this race. It felt like it would be this terrific battle for first between Verstappen and Hamilton. There was a real story ready to be written there. And it was for one lap. And then it just kind of died out. But that's okay. It was good while it lasted. It sounded internally like it was a pretty tense race for McLaren. Just listening to the radio chatter between drivers and the pit wall. Understandably, there's a lot at stake for them right now. They are behind in the constructors standings. They need to make up some points. So every race really counts for them here. Russell sounded like he was having a fun time. He let out a, yeah, baby, in the last few laps as he passed Carlos Sainz. It was a return to F1 for Daniel Ricciardo. No places gained or lost, but that's not a loss for him. He finished ahead of his teammates, so I would count this race as a win for him. As for Aston Martin and Ferrari, it was a bit of a meh. Race for them, in my opinion. No shouting hurrah. Perez, really nice takeovers for him. It was toit, toit, toit racing between him and the other drivers out on track. Overall, I'm going to give the 2023 Hungarian Grand Prix a 6 out of 10. I was entertained. I wasn't let down. There were no red flags. The weather was beautiful. Yeah. A solid 6 out of 10. It's time for Superfan of the Weekend. The highlight of my weekend, for sure, was the crowd reaction to Lewis Hamilton securing pole position for Sunday's race. And the reaction from the fans was awesome. One group of gentlemen in particular who I know got weekend passes because I saw clips of them on all three days in the same spot. So my super fan of the weekend goes to, drum roll please, Lewis's lads. That's right. These young men were decked out head to toe in Mercedes merch. They were also sporting some custom Lewis Hamilton seven-time world champion t-shirts. They had flags and they were full of spirit. So congratulations, Lewis's lads. You are the super fans of the weekend. My thoughts leaving Hungary as we head to Belgium. First thing, which is not really like a thought looking forward, but rather a comment. 
everyone is always doing something like this is the kind of workplace where you get no slack you are always on the go I just love watching especially during qualifying when there is more action in the garages I love watching and just observing it's like a factory line or a symphony, an orchestra where everyone has a part and everyone does it so well. It is a truly well-oiled machine and it requires so much focus and planning and rehearsing. I love it. It's spectacular to watch. Uh, Here is a thought heading forwards. Max Verstappen currently clear of Perez who is sitting in second in the driver's standings clear by 110 points so let's do some math for anyone to beat him for Perez in particular who is sitting in p2 it would take him three race wins with the fastest lap bonus plus a handful more points and that's only if Verstappen doesn't get a single point for the next four races which obviously is not going to happen like Max Verstappen at this point has safely secured world champion status again. There's no doubt that he is going to do it for a third consecutive time. But the excitement comes in the rest of the pack. Where is it going to shake out? McLaren has caught momentum. They're building. They're hungry. There's a chance there for Oscar and Norris to start to climb through the ranks. Mercedes coming off two good races. They've got some momentum behind them as well. Aston Martin, who started off very strong this season. We haven't seen as much from them. They've sort of been pittering out in the last few races. So I'm really excited to see what happens not only next week in Belgium, but also when we come back from the summer break. After the drivers have a little bit of a shakeout moment, they get to refocus in. I'm interested to see what kind of mindset they come back with. What a fun weekend we had that came to a bit of a fizzle at the end. Not a loss though, because we got to witness some great racing out on track. Next week, we'll meet again in Belgium at the iconic circuit in Spa. Thank you for tuning in. You can find me on Instagram at AWR underscore pod, and you can listen in wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you next time. Bye.